0: RD Talks, brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Making Baby by Glynnis Horning. Cancer overshadowed Leanne Williams' dreams of a baby. Then a pioneering medical option brought hope. Leanne Williams sits curled up in an armchair in her flat in Cape Town, cradling her baby son, Zachary. The dark eyes that stare up at her sleepily as she rocks him are her own, and the sight fills her with loving wonder. It's a feeling the petite South African Human Resources clerk once felt she might never experience. Ten years ago, when Leanne was 21, she felt a swelling above one breast. A biopsy revealed stage 3 Hodgkin lymphoma, a cancer affecting white blood cells called lymphocytes. Leanne's initial tears of fear gave way to acceptance, as her family and the close-knit Cape Flats community rallied around, applauding her resilience during chemotherapy and her novel way with headscarves when her hair fell out. It soon grew back and she returned to her work in human resources and dating. To her surprise, however, some men retreated when she revealed her brush with cancer. Even when scans showed she was clear, they seemed reluctant to invest in a relationship with a woman who could become sickly. Then, in 2007, when Leanne was 24, she met someone different. She had joined a busy provincial government department and a fellow clerk stood out immediately. Ashton Williams was as tall and charming as Leanne was tiny and feisty. The attraction was mutual and she noticed with amusement that although there was a fax machine at his end of the office, he always used hers. "'You're so obvious,' she teased, before inviting him to join her for a Christmas Eve dinner she was hosting for her mother." Ashton swiftly reciprocated, inviting Leanne to his grandmother's 70th birthday a few weeks later. He's clearly serious, she thought to herself. This is no casual fling. When he dropped her at home afterwards, she confided about her cancer, even pulling out pictures of herself in headscarves. It had become a litmus test for relationships. That's hectic, he said solemnly. My granddad died of cancer. But you're so strong and beautiful, you overcame it. And he reached out and took her hand. By November 2008, the two were inseparable. They were browsing in a supermarket one lunch hour, his arm across her shoulders, when he lovingly massaged her neck. "'What's this?' he asked, surprised. "'What's what?' she asked. "'This lump in your neck,' he replied. They both froze. The blood specialist Leanne Call's divine cancer doc, the late Professor Peter Jacobs, Emeritus Foundation Professor of Haematology at the University of Cape Town, ran imaging tests that confirmed their fears. PET, positron emission tomography, uses a radioactive substance called a tracer to look for disease. The cancer was back in her neck, arm, chest and groin and spreading fast. Once again she would need potent chemotherapy. She would also need a bone marrow transplant. The side effects, Jacob warned, could be harsh. She would almost certainly go into premature menopause and be unable to have children. Just when I've met the love of my life, she wept. I've always dreamed of having kids of my own. Wait, said Jacobs. There may be a chance. That chance lay a world away in the serene silver and grey rooms of Dr Paul LaRue at the Cape Fertility Clinic in the plush suburb of Claremont. The warm, unassuming fertility specialist explained that there were two options for a woman in her position. The first was well established and involved removing her eggs before chemotherapy and freezing them. When she needed them, they could be fertilised in vitro and implanted in her womb. The drawback was that it could take several IVF cycles to achieve success and cost upwards of tens of thousands of dollars. Out of the question sighed Leanne. Her salary was modest and her elderly ailing parents no longer worked. The second, more affordable option did not involve a costly IVF procedure. It rested on a rare surgical procedure covered by her medical aid, removing and freezing ovarian tissue-containing eggs before chemotherapy. The ovarian tissue could be reattached when she was ready, and conception attempted the usual way. But LaRue explained that ovarian tissue cryopreservation was a recent procedure, developed over the past 10 years, and while several hundred women globally had had their tissue frozen, at the time only 15 had gone on to conceive successfully, none of them in Africa. It's difficult for ovarian tissue to function properly after it's been transplanted, he told her. You're talking about very delicate little egg cells. But if it succeeded, Leanne would make South African an African history and bring hope to women across the world. Even if she failed to conceive, she could experience some return of normal hormonal function, sparing her extensive hormone therapy. Leanne didn't need to hear more. Right, she said. When do we do it? In March 2009, a week before her scheduled chemotherapy, Leanne booked into Life Kingsbury Hospital in Claremont. While she lay under general anaesthetic, LaRue and his colleague, silver-haired reproductive medicine specialist, Dr Suleiman Halen, removed her left ovary through a keyhole incision. The ovary was put in a transport incubator and carried to the IVF laboratory of the Cape Fertility Clinic. There, the two doctors deftly peeled off the outside layer containing the eggs, and sliced it in strips four millimetres wide. These were placed in cryovials, or freezing vials, and the laboratory director, Kementhra Raja, plunged them into a storage container of liquid nitrogen, instantly freezing the tissue at minus 196 degrees Celsius. The procedure was quick and painless, unlike the two months of chemotherapy that followed. Leanne was put on a drip every three days, and rocked by nausea and depression as her hair again dropped out. The bone marrow transplant performed when she was in remission was little better, requiring two weeks in an isolation ward as her immune system was not resistant to infection. Her family and community prayed. It was on one of her darkest days that Ashton paid a special visit. You have to hang in there, he told her. I want you to be my wife. Lying pale against her pillows, bloated on steroids, she had never loved him more. Afterwards, she pictured her eggs stored safely in their icy steel womb, waiting, and she smiled. There was a future, after all. When Leanne was finally back home and feeling better, Ashton came to take her out one night. He dropped to one lanky knee. He had formally asked her father for her hand, he informed her, and been given the green light. Leanne Scullard. he asked earnestly. Will you marry me? Ecstatic, she flung herself into preparations for her wedding. She chose a vibrant Cerise and orange Moroccan theme and family and friends eagerly offered their services as drivers, photographers, caterers and decorators. On April 16, 2011, their smiles turned to tears as she walked down the aisle to Celine Dion and Andrea Bocelli's The Prayer, When shadows fill our day, lead us to a place so we'll be safe. She found a man who loved her, cancer and children or not, Instead of going on honeymoon, the newlyweds invested their savings in a cosy two-bedroom apartment in the Cape Town suburb of Thornton and settled into married life. By June 2012, they felt ready to try for a child. Blood tests confirmed that Leanne's one remaining ovary was not producing eggs and her body was producing no oestrogen. She was effectively in menopause. Could LaRue reverse that by re-implanting her frozen ovarian tissue? On July 31, Leanne checked back into Kingsbury Hospital and half of her frozen tissue was thawed. The rest was retained for possible future attempts. In a delicate procedure lasting three hours, LaRue and Halen stitched together the strips containing eggs to form a two-by-two-centimetre patch. Working again through a keyhole cut, they attached the patch to her non-functioning right ovary. If all went to plan, she just might be pregnant by Christmas. Within the first month Leanne had her period, then another in September. It didn't appear in October, which she put down to her hormones adjusting. But when she still had no sign of it by the end of October, Leanne could resist temptation no longer. She bought a home pregnancy test. Fighting back the hope rising inside her, she perched on the loo in their bathroom watching the small white stick. A barely discernible blush began, then darkened and spread. Ashton, she shrieked. Pregnant! A blood test confirmed she was two months pregnant. LaRue was as astonished as Leanne. In studies he had seen, it had taken at least three to six months after re-implantation for patients to conceive. He attributed his team's rapid success partly to the advanced freezing process they used, which helped protect the integrity of the eggs, and to their use of keyhole surgery, which caused minimal pelvic scarring but he felt their real edge was that Leanne had been just 25 when they froze her tissue and had exceptionally plentiful healthy eggs. He called in Leanne for a fetal scan, and there it was, the unmistakable tick of a tiny heart. It was the perfect pregnancy, without nausea or even swollen ankles. After the first few weeks, LaRue left Leanne to the care of her gynaecologist and obstetrician, Dr Subramani Reddy. Do you want to know your baby's sex? Reddy asked her at her 12-week scan. It was a boy, the obstetrician informed her. Given his size and all that was riding on him, the obstetrician advised a caesarean section to avoid the risks of a long birth. The theatre was booked for the first Wednesday in June 2013, but that Monday, June 3rd, she woke to a damp patch in bed. By the time they reached Kingsbury Hospital, her contractions were five minutes apart and she was hurried to the theatre. At 10.20am, her obstetrician lifted her son from her and Ashton proudly cut the cord. Zachary Seth Williams weighed in at 39 kilograms. He's perfect, breathed his mother. Months later, the sun is pouring into their flat, the walls painted by Ashton in cheerful shades of ochre and in the nursery, Wedgwood Blue. Relishing the last of her maternity leave, Leanne is relaxed in a pink knit hoodie with a zip front. Best for breastfeeding, hey Zach? She asks her son, lifting him carefully from his cot. Dark hair damp from sleep, he reaches for her and smiles. LaRue believes the prognosis for another child is good. Leanne is still in remission and the tissue they've already implanted in her could make a second conception possible without resorting to the slices still on ice. That could be a world first, another milestone in an area of growing importance. There's an increase in young people with cancer because more are surviving the childhood varieties through improved treatment, he explains. That means there's a greater need for ways to preserve fertility. By giving these youngsters the chance of a baby, you give them a stake in the future, a reason to live. You give them hope. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia.